Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you guys about the MLB Roto Baller Challenge, hosted by our friends at Fantrax on Fantrax.com. Fantrax is the most customizable free fantasy baseball platform in the industry, and that's why we're hosting over our 2022 Roto Baller Challenge over on Fantrax. If you want the greatest fantasy experiments, sign up for a free Roto Baller Challenge team today by going to rotoballer.com backslash challenge. All leagues are free to join, and you get to compete against Rotoballer writers and readers for a shot at $500 cash grand prize. All new fo- Fantrax users get entered into a free giveaway to win a signed official MLB Wander Franco jersey. If you want to get entered to win a Wander Franco jersey and you're new to Fantrax, go to Fantrax.com backslash Bubba and sign up for your free Fantrax account today. Once you have your Fantrax account, go to rotoballer.com backslash challenge to join the challenge league. But go to Fantrax.com backslash Bubba to create your Fantrax account. Be entered to win a Wander Franco autographed jersey. But for now, welcome to Benched with Bubba. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 443. Special guest joining me today, a first-timer on the show. I get to draft with him in Barf in a couple weeks, I believe. So that's coming up just right around the corner. You can find his work over at Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Fantasy Sports. And he's on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. Dalton, how we doing, man? Doing all right. Obviously, it's bad timing for bad news of baseball, and I'm battling a cold here, so... Sorry if I cough or sound even crazier than usual on these cold meds, but happy to join you, Bubba, and talk baseball. Wish it was different circumstances. I was so excited for this season, and they actually got me optimistic, and then obviously rug pulled, and uh, it sucks where we sit now, but uh, let's, let's, whatever. I'm just still going to look like it's just a delay, and it'll eventually get figured out, and yeah, let's talk some, talk some baseball. Yeah, I'm with you. That's how it was like, you know, Monday. I think we all kind of got the uh, our hopes up. And when I talked to you a couple weeks ago to set this up, I'm like, sweet, we're about a month out. It'll be freaking awesome. We'll rock and roll. And yeah, the hammer came down, but I'm with you. I think it's a delay more than a, anything. I think maybe May 1st might sound about right. might be a little late. We'll see. But we will get baseball. That is the truth. Um, before we get into the, the topic of conversation today, why don't you like plug what you got coming up at Yahoo or what you got going on? You know, you got podcasts and everything. So it can, it can be football stuff, too. It doesn't be just baseball. So whatever you got going on. Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll find my stuff. But I did a football pod with Scott Pianowski yesterday. It's just a weird time. 
I actually haven't been following uh, basketball like I had in the past. I've never been so into baseball doing these drafts so early. I'm like eight or nine DCs deep already. I've never been like this. I remember a few years ago at Barf, I was like, oh, this is my first baseball draft. Uh, You know, now I'm like just crazy into it and then with baseball going away it's just that's why it's just extra depressing for me and super frustrating so the the baseball content's still coming out i'm gonna do some some sleepers per position and and i'll have a lot of baseball content because i have a lot of things to say so uh there'll be there'll be baseball but it just it's unclear the timeline i mean the my um my boss in the background is trying to you know rearrange the schedule as is because you know no one knows really what to do right now and we just dealt with covid you know a couple years ago and now and now another one so it's just uh Ah, it's, it's not perfect and it's, it's very frustrating yeah i feel you i literally just got a slack channel message to like four of us writers about hey uh what ideas do we have to switch our content up a little bit here because <laughs> i was like oh great here we are here we are so i totally understand what you're talking about and i'm with you i've been drafting a ton as well i was planning like march 1st to kind of go towards more fab leagues kind of start doing the ocs and some other stuff and it's just like i'm kind of uh, in a holding pattern now um, what have you seen so far in the in the DCs? That is there anything besides like obviously the closers going early and stuff that is kind of a surprise to you, or that's making you kind of maybe do some pivots from from normal drafting? Yeah, the closers is the big one. Obviously, speed. Um, I it's just inevitably I enter a draft, do my pitching thing, and a, a couple people comment like, "Oh, this person's crazy. Is this his first mm-hmm. draft or whatnot?" And then others are are used to it, and it's I'm actually so predictable. But um, yeah, we'll get into it. But um, I, I am the one that's usually at people are, are looking at uh because I, I do my extreme strategy. I've been tagged in a few tweets that a, a couple other people have um have done the same. So I, I don't think I'm actually the only person going crazy yellow brick road. All all pitchers for six seven, uh, but uh, have to be only a handful and. Uh, yeah, no, that's basically, I would say the most is just people pointing out my strategy more than me noticing anything else other than the closers. The closers are a tricky one. I haven't figured that yeah. one out. We'll, we'll get more into detail in that though. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's just get into it. We're going to talk strategy. And for those that, that know Dalton, he's talked about it in other shows, but I wanted to just kind of get him here on this format to talk about the yellow brick road strategy. For those that don't understand the NPC, the pitchers are yellow. That's how it is. And so it's, 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 it's the perfect conversation or perfect title for it. And, you know, Toby, who I record with all the time, started doing pocket aces a while ago. Other people did too, but he kind of ran with it uh, quite a bit. And Dalton does it to a whole new level. It's a, it's multiple, multiple pitchers. So let's just start from the top. What kind of made you decide, I want to go more than pocket aces. I want to go just heavy pitching right out the gate. So three years ago, I'll start from the beginning. I just figured with an overall aspect, I wanted to do a zig when everyone zag type strategy, just be different to aim for the for the overall. And I went crazy hitters uh, with the first 12 picks. But, you know, I really didn't differentiate myself. Uh, it wasn't very successful. I don't think I did a very good job, frankly, either. Sometimes I'd still be like short and steals or whatever. I didn't really know quite what I was doing. So then two years ago during the shortened season, I decided to go the opposite way and go pitcher crazy and then phil Dussault did a tweet talking about how uh k's stabilize the the quickest of all the stats so in this shortened season it kind of makes sense so that just solidified my my uh, thought of go of experimenting with the pitcher heavy strategy that shortened season i didn't do as many leagues but i had some some pretty good success then enter last year i was going to go all in I, I went pretty wild with the strategy and uh, yeah i experienced some success in dcs and the main event and um it could be a number of things. It could just be I was running hot and it was lucky. It could be that I put in more work than I ever have. So it doesn't matter my strategy. You know, I, I was like preparing. I was planning out each draft too. Or it could be this strategy does give me an inherent advantage and I can even have some misses on my picks. And still, I, I just think that I, I like strategy. So hopefully this year we find out which one of these three, uh, you know, or it may probably a combination of some of the above. 
But um, I, I will say this. I've gone all in and maybe even more extreme than last year, um, this year. So I'm very cu- curious to see what would happen if indeed we actually get to see some baseball. It stinks because, uh, you know, 60 game full season. Now it's like we have another, so you haven't got to keep the same pattern going of is it, does it work on certain sizes? But the idea makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's a lot of lot to unpack on there that I, I'm curious on. First off, you mentioned that uh, you, you feel it maybe gives you a, like obviously gives you an upper hand in the pitching categories. Like you could get the wins, potentially strikeouts. Usually more often than not, the early pitchers have better ratios more often than not. So it kind of locks you in there. Do you also feel like, you know, or, or first off, how deep do you go? Is it five starting pitchers? Is it six? What's your kind of plan of attack? So that I'm still trying to figure out because of the closers. My original thought yeah. was, you know, four straight starters. That was my head, three or four straight starters. But now, like, you know, I'm taking Hader in round two. I even tried. I set them in on, on him in, in a D.C. and took him nice. seventh overall on once. Just I'm experimenting because <laughs> the there's point, a no, the point of those drafts. And there's a no man's land yeah. for me after Cole and, and Burns. And if I want a pitcher, if they're both gone and I'm in the back half, we'll, we'll get into that. But going to a more granular level, maybe this is obvious to some people. Maybe this is boring to others. But I will just say what I mean by the inherent advantage. So there's 14 hitters on your roster. So you draft a hitter, he's going to contribute to 14 hitter spots. Uh, you're, you're starting about seven starters. So, so my theory is you know, one pitcher is one-seventh of those. Now, there's not, admittedly, a pitcher that is a true five-cat player there's no one to also get saves but there's really only a handful of batters that do that so put differently you got 14 players contributing to half of your stats and in, in hitters and you have about 1400 innings uh worth for contributing to half your stats and pitchers one starter is 200 innings so they're one seventh they're contributing twice as much as a hitter would if you look at it like that so that's why i think about 17 of my top 20 players on my board are pitchers like there's the Tatis, you know, and Trey Turner. Speed is so important. I understand those guys. But so that's why uh, if I'm in round six here in the TGFBI and I'm like, I, I think it's a little excessive here to go another pitcher, but Dylan Cease is so valuable to me compared to the other players there. I have a hard time turning it down. So I don't know if that made any sense to you, but that is yeah. how I would word it. If, if the top 20 players on my board, 17 of them are pitchers, that's why I'm drafting yet another one in round six. Yeah, it makes sense to me you know, for a few reasons. And I find myself, I'm not going the old full yellow brick road like you are, but I'm finding myself with three, four starters coming out at least through round six or seven where I'm, I used to not be as aggressive in that route. And uh, you see those ceases of the world and some other guys for sure. There's like pockets a little later that of really good pitching that we'll, we'll talk about. But um, I, it makes sense to me because we've seen the replacement value on pitchers be so difficult these past days where more often than not, you can go fab for steals. You can go find some power. You can mix and match. But to get those elite pitchers that, barring a random injury, they are going to just, like you said, cement a spot in your roster that's so much more valuable than something else. So that like, that makes a ton of sense with what you're saying there. And, and I like well, that. It'd be inter- yeah. Sorry. Were sorry you- I, I want to do the counter, though, that just because I okay. have confident with this. You see the Bloom board, I'm sure you let me know. Uh, oh, yeah. Bloom board pointed out that last year, the, oh, the yeah. starters were the bus. I yeah. mean, they, they were, you know, only it's you better be. Maybe I just got the right ones last year, even though I had a Ran lot on. of glass now. Um so it's possible I just lucked out and got the right ones last year because there are more landmines in these starters. They they bust their bust rate is far higher than the hitters. So I, that is why I'm the crazy one, only one doing this because the evidence points otherwise. And you look at my projections afterward. I'm I'm sh- going to finish bottom in all these hitting stats if I'm not taking a hitter until mm-hmm. you know rounds eight or and above. Obviously, I'm going to look poorly in the projections too. So there, there's a lot to unpack, and I'm I'm certainly not saying I found the answer key, but that is my thinking behind of why I'm doing it. 
It makes sense. Like I said, it makes sense. And the bloom boards, yeah, I, I did see that. And, and that also made sense because pitchers get hurt usually more often than hitters. It's just simple. You throw 95 to 100 miles an hour, your arm's going to fall apart. It's just kind of how things go. But um, I think also, like, what I've learned from Toby's behind just pocket cases, and it kind of definitely makes sense in yours, if you go and get four or five starters, you can afford a one injury. You can afford those kind of things where if you're just cherry picking an early starter and then going here and that early starter goes down, now these other guys better become an ace for you or you're in trouble. So that's kind of where that luxury takes place as well, which, which is quite interesting. Um, when these did well for you, did they just win your league or did they, I can't remember, did they help you in the overall quite a bit too? Yeah, so the, the DCs, um, I entered the final. Maddie Wood tweeted this, I remember. I, I entered September with all three of my DC teams in the top 35. Uh, only one finished top 10, but it was pretty sick. For a while there, it looked pretty, good. pretty all, good. I was in three DCs and all three were top 35. I won all three of them and one finished top 10. The other two faded, like 80 or 70 or something like, something nice. like that. And my main events were not huge contenders in the overall. I, won, I was in three, won one, finished second in the other and then middle of the pack and the other, but those uh, were not as big of a threat in the overall than the DC was, which is funny because the DC is far more teams. Um, yeah. Sorry, not DC. I'm getting, I, I'm confused. OC, the Rotowire one. Sorry. Okay. The 12 That's, team. Sorry. That, that I, answers I, my I question then. Cause at first I was thinking, okay, you're doing DCs or doing mains. I'm sorry. Sorry. Forget no. my DC from last year. I didn't even experiment with those. I did yeah. one. It was my first draft and I messed that up. So no, I right. apologize with the no. DC OC. No, that makes, it, it answers my next question. Cause at first I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's just doing 15s, but you're doing 12s and 15s. Um, so the 15s, uh, well, you did well in both. It seems like the 12s, maybe it worked better. This is pure speculation. So you can definitely clarify this. Do you think it's because the depth at hitting the player pool, the replacement value, you are able to kind of find better picks later? I think it makes pretty easy sense. But I want to hear your your thoughts on why it maybe worked better in the 12s versus the 15s. Yeah, and I am more confident moving forward in the 12s. I think it's just easier to get the hitters later. The, the replacement values are are, are are easier there. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's – it's it's interesting uh, if that will continue to be the case, but it feels like well, with the the addition of the universal DH may help me in these 15, 15 teamers. Um, but um, yeah, I would say that's probably the case. Now, if I were to, okay, how do I explain this? So in in a theoretical fantasy football league, the smaller that league would get, the higher um, the say the Travis Travis Kelsey would get taken number one overall last year in a theoretical four person fantasy football league. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you would try to get the advantage of the weak weaker spots. And in my opinion, the smaller the league gets, that would be I'd be more willing to go in for a catcher there. But I mm -hmm. think the standout pitchers and like Hater, how many people get closers? I mean, yeah. gets full full time roles. You know, there's seven six of them. That's why I think you know, the short you even go get a differentiate by taking a Hater in the first round because there's so many simple. I mean. Is really John Carlos Stanton uh, or JD Martinez in round seven or eight any different than these guys? The the hitters going around two, they all just they they just change yearly. The, the those the hitters who stayed healthy that year will yep. move up from from round six to number three or two. And yep. the guy who bat, who banged up and have a big track record, well, you'll get them at a discount for three or four rounds the, the following year. It's just cyclical like that with these hitters. Yeah, and they say it's like what three or four hits a month can change a guy's average so crazy. And so the hitters, there's so much just little minute things where the pitchers, yeah, it's minute, but it's still they got to throw six plus innings, they got to do this, and it, it adds up uh, in a different way per se for for the pitchers. So that makes sense. You mentioned Hater a couple of times, and I'll, we'll get back to this, the, the starters here in a minute. But 
with your your twelve team uh, concept, where you, you are the smaller the league, the the more like challenging position you try to attack the catcher. Like this year with relievers going so early, are you on board with that? Go and get a couple closers early, guy, or because like it's still such. We've talked about it for months now. That seems like it's still such a every. It differs so much from each person. Yeah, I, I've gone all in on it. I, I do think every year it's just been a, a trend of more pitchers or accumulating saves per team. So I ha- And last year was actually surprisingly all the, the top eight or whatever, only one or two busted. So I, I do not expect that. I, I know some of these landmines, who knows what happens with Jansen. And it's also, it gets hairy so quickly because even mm-hmm. Romano and um, Gallegos, who knows if Toronto or St. Louis brings in someone. So yep. it's, it's tough. So yes, I'm uh, Edwin Diaz and even Chapman, and, and, and Hader uh, and Hendricks, I'm, I'm going very early. Like I said, at DC, I, um, both the starters were gone, Cole and Burns. It's no man's land for me there. I've taken Bueller otherwise, but, I mean, he could even fall back to round two, early round two there. So I, I, I did experiment uh, in, in one league, and I, and I took Hader in round one, and we'll see how it goes. But it's, it is wild to take a mm-hmm. closer, setting the men of all time. I'm, I'm yeah. sure it was the highest uh, uh, relievers ever <laughs> been taken in the history of fantasy baseball. Yep. Seventh for someone who's getting, you know, 60 to 70 innings. It definitely sounds uh, crazy, but at least haters, you know, giving just so dominant ratios, you know, hopefully some point eight or whatever, but um, it's wild. I don't feel comfortable doing it, but yes, I've gone. And because of my pitching strategy, it's just, I've just replaced, I've maneuvered a little when, when I take the relievers versus the starters, but it's yellow one way or the other. Yeah. It's yellow one way or another. Maybe you take it's now it's seven yellows instead of five or something. You're still loading up. Like when you used to do it before closers went early, did you still make sure to get your saves before you switched to your hitting? What were the, were the relievers always a part of the yellow brick road basically? So not really. No, I was kind okay. of figuring out what I'm doing still, man. I've just yeah. really, I really only taken uh, NFBC super seriously the last few years before I would just, yeah. you know, be busy with this and that and just play casually and, and usually lose. Um, so I, I might've lucked out with some Alex Reyes and Jake McGee. I know I did, but I, I targeted Jake McGee, but Alex Reyes, I lucked into some of those. So that helped me cover the yeah. bases. So it's, I mean, that's, that is the biggest home run is when I mean, Mike, the mouth gave me a hard time because we did an early, um, OC and the closer had not been and, and McGee was available from the first fab and I went crazy I bid like half my fab and maybe that's just bad in the sense of no one ever does that in these leagues so it was unnecessary but I, I would not have been top 10 overall had I not done that for me the McGee. return but, of the turn was well worth whatever you so, spent and, and yeah. that's why I've been doing more DCs this year too is because I'm, I'm very impatient with my fab and I, and I enjoy the fact that there's there's none in in that but um, point being is no, I lucked out a little bit last year, but I recognized and I hated chasing. I hated Fab, yep. the Merriweather. I, I bet a big, big budget on him and he immediately hurt. Um, so I, I'm making a conscious effort realizing last year and, and the leagues in which I did go early with Hater. I did a few in the main event. I took Hater in, to be clear, I took Hater in round two in, in some main events. Um, and I liked how that worked. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm stick with that. I, I, I love not having to chase uh, saves on Fab. And I, not one time did I stream a starter all of last year in any league. I enjoy not having to worry about that either. And that's why I think this is appealing to me. That's why I said I'm not going full yellow brick road, but I am starting to go a little heavier early on because streaming has gotten worse and worse because these guys that you're streaming, it used to be you could kind of get like six innings out of You could get okay more frequently like a quality start per se. Now you're getting lucky to get five innings in like less than three runs, if you're lucky. And most of them aren't all strikeout guys. If they are, they're giving up home, home runs because they have no control. Like there's so many like just warts on these and guys. And leagues are, are super competitive. Everyone, yeah. every league you're in in FBC, everyone's on it. They're on top of it. They're yeah. paying attention two weeks before you are. I mean, everyone's on top of it. It's and crazy. Yeah, yeah, how many pitchers? There, there are not many starting pitchers in the, the number four, number five in the rotation throwing more than five innings these days. So, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just so it's another, it's, it, it just, oh, that just brings even more validity to like take these aces, like get these innings, lock them up. 
uh, and go from there. So it is very interesting. And I'm with you on the closers thing. I've been, I at least try to get one, if not two. I'm not double tapping yet, but I'm getting close to thinking about it in a, in a draft just to see because it is a headache to either A, go for it in fab the whole time or not. But it also makes sense in like the OC because the number of saves you'll need to get that 80th percentile more is even higher. So just go lock these guys in instead of paying for it all season long. So I think we're all trying to figure out saves. I mean, we yeah. all are. I mean, it's 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 the trickiest because if you just hit one home run in the in the you know mid twenty rounds, if they just get that roll, that one doesn't guy. even matter how. I mean, the Melanson yeah. or whatever is just so valuable. It's huge. Agree, agree. Um, so it sounds like you pretty much played just in FBC. Are you playing anywhere else that you've tried the strategy that works? So my home league, I use uh, Yahoo, not just shilling for my company. I love, I love the, the Yahoo interface. I always yep. have. And um, I, I do daily transactions. And even though I do a max innings, it's not about just do, doing the work. But because of that format, I, I, I've realized I'm a little bit more vulnerable. You can, you can kind of maneuver with daily transactions with using relievers. So I, I do like my strategy better in the weekly formats. You have to have the starters because you could just manipulate by picking up certain relievers in daily transaction leagues. But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I use across the sites. I'll, I'll play a lot of – I'll be in far too many leagues this year. No, I, I enjoy all the, the different sites. But NFBC is a, is a great – I mean, it's the competitiveness and the overall aspect, and I'm – a sucker for action. I, I'm just like you, though. I was never really big into it. I was kind of doing my thing. And the last few years, I'm, I keep getting bigger and bigger into it each and every year. It's just like, yeah, let's play some baseball. People um, will not like because Yahoo, everyone loves fantasy football. But, dude, fantasy yeah. baseball is so much more strategy. Yep. The drafts are so more in-depth. And, and I can do something crazy like myself and just go totally different than, than everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I, I love baseball, and I really hope they figure this out because it's so – and, and the fact that – the fact that there's games on every day, you know, wake up on a Wednesday yep. morning and see your pitcher going pretty, pretty sick too. So. Yes. Us on the West coast, we get kind of spoiled with the difference, <laughs> the whole setup of times a day and everything. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a pretty, pretty nice little gig we got there. Um, now you mentioned, obviously if you're taking all these pitchers early, it makes hitting interesting. You know, steals are so hard to come by. It's been talked about, like, I think it was like 40% of the main steals come in the first hundred picks or give or take. I'm just, numbers i've heard recently yeah so if you're taking these pitchers early in a deep league you're getting close to that 100 mark by the time you're starting to take take hitters so how are you approaching either scarcity by position scarcity by stat like how are you going about that to kind of even things out on your team so steals are i super only yes steals big time i have been guilty of drafting a mondesi here or there um to break up the yellow um, I will target. I know another guy, uh, Miles Straw. I, I will. I will go after. Um, I, steals are important. Yes, that's 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 all I'm interested in. Is my first three bats? Is do they get steals? For the most part, unless to say round eight or nine, the JD Martinez, Stanton. I like Yelich because he could get you some bags too. The, the the hitters coming off the last year's bums. You know, um, mm-hmm. last year you know you could get Altuve in round eight. And now he's t- costing two or three this year. Glaber Torres is a guy falling down to eight or nine. I, I like the guys last year's bums, but sorry to specifically answer. No, it's Steals fine. super, super important. And I, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like I like sometimes doing this strategy. And if I don't come away with Arte or, or a Mondesi with my one hitter in between, I'm like, uh Oh, here it is. It's tough. It is tough. There, there's VRs and Hampsons and you just gotta, gotta go after those later. But, um, steals are, are absolutely my main priority with hitting. Do you find any specific position? I'm assuming it's probably third base, but maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe you like the deeper third. Like, I don't think all the deep third basements are that bad like everybody does, but um, is there a specific position that you're like, man, this is like much worse than I thought it was going to be? 
Not really. I don't mind Moustakis, Longoria, yeah. a couple of a couple other guys. Um, and, and like I said, I, 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 my, oftentimes my first hitter is Mondesi. So third yeah. base there third covers base, that. True. So um, I will say as far as positions, uh, I already mentioned the catcher. I attack. I'm, I'm okay with trying to go earlier in the 12-team format. 15-team, I wait because it uh, makes more sense with my um, with my strategy. But outfield, I find myself waiting on. I, yeah. I do. I know that that used to be the old school thought. And then people are like, but you have to fill up five or, or six. I do find myself that there are, and especially with the DH coming, I do find myself feeling the most comfortable loading up depth, even in like the DC's rounds, yeah. the post 30, even I feel like there's some sleepers and, and I will say that outfield, that's probably sounds like a square take, but I, I feel like outfield really is actually kind of okay depth. Yeah. No, it is like, we just wrapped up our uh, part two outfield preview last night. And one of the listener questions was like late targets. And I've written about it for DC's. And it's one of the only positions where there's like legit starters going late. And we talk about, you know, at bats, at bats, at bats. Yeah. Outfield's got a lot of them. Like, so it is, it, you are a hundred percent correct. Like you might not get the five category guys, obviously, but you aren't getting those from most guys that late in the draft. So I, I'm with you on the outfield. That is uh, quite interesting as well. With this yellow brick road, I guess you, you did mention you didn't get Cole or Burns. So you took Hater at seven. Is there a specific like KDS style you're looking for to get this kicked off, like front, back, middle type deal? Yeah, um, taking this one from Modica, uh, Straight Butter, I believe it's called. Yeah, uh, I heard I, that the other day. Yeah, it's yeah, freaking yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, it's for me for sure because I want Cole and I want Burns. I mean, I'm not going to hide it. I mean, I, I, want, I want them. And if they're gone, then I get frustrated. And so if I knew that I wasn't going to get those two, then I'd, I'd love the wheel. But you can't do it that way. So I, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess, should I go 1 through 10 and then 15 through 11, I guess, just feeling that those guys would be gone in the top 10 and the competitive ones. Then I'm in TGFBI and I'm seeing people get Burns in round two and i'm all nfbc um yeah. obsessed in my head you know and it's like uh i don't know I, maybe i'm not good enough drafting to my room but i'm definitely i'm definitely it's going to be funny going into home leagues and me be nfbc obsessed and think, taking these closers you know rounds before the adp yeah barf will be fun because it's quality starts it's well no we're back we're on nfbc format so that'll change this year i just thought so it's not gonna be obp and stuff so that will make things a little more interesting as well um doing that i, I kind of hope you and toby are drafting next to each other like that'll yeah, be, that'd quite, be good. Yeah. quite entertaining yeah. there um how do you how, how does this play out uh during the season for you because like you got these guys early so you're pretty much using your fab on hitters for the most part barring something crazy does that allow, allow you to like speculate more do you take more chances like how do you go about using like fab in season with these guys yeah, so like I said, last year I did go after – I still played the, the chasing saves game. I specifically remember hating that. So hope uh, the uh, hope is to avoid that. I, I love the luxury of never having to worry about uh, streaming at all. So I, don't, I only went after a couple starters in some league, like Rodone was available early or whatever. Some guys I have my eyes on, I'll go big early. Like I say, I'll, I'll go very big. Even when I was heavy pitching, Rodone was available. I went like, you know, four or 500 bucks or something and, and went big, big on him. I will I, – I, I get – very impatient and I'm, I'm oftentimes the final couple months i'll have like 20 dollars left and it's fine it's like as long as i have enough to a dollar replacement for injuries that's just the way I, my strategy but yes for the most part it's mostly mostly uh bats is what i'm is what i'm concentrating on, on acquiring and i like that because most people more often than not when you see the fab results each week it's the big dollars go towards pitching more often than not than hitting so it definitely allows you to kind of take advantage of that in a, in a big, big way and get the stats you need per se than anything and be more aggressive in that regards. How's it working out for you this draft season? Well, so I have, I hope, 
I pray that we can find out, man. I'd love to see it because I love my teams, but who doesn't, right? I mean, who doesn't yeah. love their team coming up? You're the one that drafted them, but I do like uh, the way some some of them, I'm more like, oh, let's see if this works out because I didn't get, you know, that was like seven or eight straight pitchers. Man, that's thin in a 15-teamer. Let's see if I can uh, if I can do this. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. We'll see. Who knows? I, I, love, I love some teams on paper still uh, coming off drafts, but like I said, who doesn't? Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, you know, some people, there's, you know, Dr. Dave McDonald on Twitter and some other situations that talk about injury risk. You got the DeGroms of the world, even like in 140 innings is one of the top pitchers in baseball. He could obviously benefit from the shortened season potentially. Um, there's there's a lot of different ways to go about it. But when you're doing this yellow brick road, like we, like we said earlier, it kind of leaves the chance if a guy gets hurt, you're still okay. Are you into taking riskier arms if they fall to kind of help build the yellow brick road? This is yes and no is my answer. So DeGrom has been on zero of my team so far. I just feel like I'm going to win ERA with, I'm going to win all the pitching categories barring a total, total disaster. And then, then who cares anyway? So I don't need to win ERA by that, that extreme. Um, So I feel like DeGrom makes more sense if you're going to take DeGrom and then eight straight hitters or something, you know, like he could just carry you in those categories. I need more safety there for me. That's just specific for me though. My my, DeGrom stays healthy. He's the number one player in in fantasy. Um, uh, But um, having said that, I have found myself with some Shane Bieber and Logan Webb and, and yeah. those are shoulder issues. And yeah. so, so that's definitely risk. So those are two guys that I, I will go after. So uh, I guess yes and no is the answer there. Well, and the beauty of that though, with your format, that's, those are probably your SP threes, maybe even fours. Right. Right. So it's not killing you or so many people are drafting them as their SP ones because they're doing different things and that could hurt them quite a bit. So yeah, I, I it's just, the the strategy of the yellow brick road like you do just opens up so many more ideas and the player pool changes obviously changes a ton by doing this um have you thought about maybe doing a diff just to mix it up because you know everyone talks about diversification and doing all these different things have you thought about doing just like one draft of like straight hitters for like 15 rounds and then or something and just to mix it up a little bit I have thought about it and maybe I will. And a, another question, uh, just a tangent off that is, is, should I be taking the same players and so many, even with the same yeah. strategy, so many overlapping ones? Uh, Are you pretty was, much targeting the same guys? I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. So it's either going to be a real a good year or a bad year. You know, it's pretty okay. much the similar, a lot of overlap. It's just the way it is. I don't know. It's just the strategy yeah. I've gone with. Uh, but um, I, I have considered what you said though, because that just would force me to, to be completely yeah. different and just do one hitters one. It'd be funny if that was the most successful one I, I did, but yeah, I am, I am considering doing one of those. Let's hope baseball, you know, we get some good news here and then I'm, I'm happy to get back in the draft room. I, I love these DCs, but the, um, the live drafts, man, that's when your blood yeah. really gets flowing when you got the, the 60 seconds on the clock. Exactly. I did one yesterday and it was great, but I said, I'm not doing any more like big money ones until they make a deal. It's so I tell myself and they got like Vlad Sedler and Todd Zola putting out, beat Todd Zola Vlad leagues and stuff. I'm like, well, I got nothing going Thursday night. This sounds kind of fun. So I'm trying to hold off on this, but it's making it tough. Um, What other like kind of tips or strategies through this yellow brick road? Can you, can you give the listeners that if like, they're not, because a lot of people aren't gonna be comfortable doing it basically, but like, what can you tell them to like keep them on track on the yellow brick road to make it work type deal? Yeah, you won't feel comfortable and just ignore, I guess my best suggestion would be ignore any projection system or something if you're, if you're doing a rotolab or, or following that, just because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be discouraging for sure. Uh, the strategy just inherently is going to have to be with the way it is. But um, I would just say just experiment and just try it one, uh, like I would experiment with hitters, the, the regular strategy, and just do a one-off and, um, and go all in and, um, and, and, just, and just see. You might be surprised. You will feel uncomfortable, especially in a slow draft, 
through, you know, the midway point or you know, when you only have yellow up there, you'll feel uncomfortable and everyone will be like, how is this going to can't wait to see how he finishes this. But then then take a look at the end. And then I think you'll be surprised, especially again with this universal DH. There's a I don't know. I I, I have experienced some uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if I can continue. But I personally think it just gives you an advantage, even if you make some mistakes here and there. I just think the, the strategy itself is helpful. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, every once in a while, it'll probably be a year where it just doesn't work. That's the way things work. And, you know, too many guys will get hurt or whatever. But in the grand scheme of things on paper, it makes a ton of sense. It definitely does. So I'm curious to see how it all uh, continues to play out. Um, guys like, let's say, Noah Sundergaard or Mike Clevenger or some of these guys that are coming off their big surgeries – with this, say we get a month less or whatever, do they become more in the player pool for you? Or were they already in the player pool? Are these guys that become more interesting to you, basically? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the shorter time frame, guys at Clevenger would, would get a boost. Yeah, I haven't even gone there mentally yet. Uh, yeah, neither have I. To... I just thought about it right now. I was thinking, because everyone talks Acuna, but now yeah. it's like, let's Acuna, talk pictures for a second. There will be some obvious ones, and those are, are great examples. But other than that, I'm not going to try to galaxy brain if people try yeah. to be like, uh, there, there are series, they're missing these pitchers or this X amount of games or whatever. Yeah. I will try to mostly just to not worry too much about the shortened season with my strategy, other than the uh, prime examples that you pointed out. Yeah, I tweeted that out last night. Someone was like, oh, yeah, so-and-so is missing a series here and a series there. And some teams going to have 157 games. One's going to have 155. And I'm like, I can't even wrap my head around that right now. You guys are crazy to even consider this. So, yeah. And two guys that you've just brought to my mind, Shane Baz and Kopech are guys yeah. that just don't like – it's hard not to get excited about them. But um, I have a lot of them on teams. And sure, yeah. sure, if they're going to be limited to 130 innings, I guess a miss in a month would help, would help those two quite a bit. Yeah, there's a bunch like that. It makes me want to – after I kind of regroup things, I'll, I'll start digging in on that some more, but I'm with you because even guys like Julio Urias, who I know people love, I'm just worried about that gigantic workload increase he had last year. Now it could bring things back into perspective type thing that makes at least me feel comfortable. Every, a lot of guys already feel comfortable with him. So you might be all over him for all I know, but it's just one of those guys that uh, I kind of put my radar up and could be right, could be wrong. That's the beauty of it all. But um, yeah, it'll be quite, quite interesting to see how all that plays out. Um, all right. One thing, I'll, one thing I'll add, Bubba, with, um, pitching is uh, is wins. Uh, I still haven't mm-hmm. figured those out exactly. Uh, I, uh, uh, well, who has? But um, originally, I was, I was, if you can figure that out, then. yeah. No, back in the day, I was, you know, just it's a, a lucky, you know, don't don't pay attention. But I don't know. I, I, the more you look at it, the more maybe there is a skill to it. Um, certainly, I get the Bueller to- is a hot topic, and some his his underlying stats don't exactly match that he should be a late first round pick. But pitching for the Dodgers and those wins are just so mm-hmm. so helpful. And um, is Charlie Morton. I mean, he just pitches. Yeah. At, look at Morton compared to you, Darvish, and their careers. It's like one's getting 15-plus wins, the other's getting seven constantly. Is that just a fluke for that many years, or, or is that a thing? And I don't know. But, yeah. but wins are definitely another uh, tricky aspect when dealing with these pitchers and trying to evaluate them. Well, when you mention that, then it becomes interesting because it is. It's like impossible to evaluate those. And so then you're looking at either strikeouts, you're looking at guys that have good ratios, which is still tough to figure out because it could just take one hiccup here or there. So innings pitched becomes a big thing because at least you know you're going to get X, Y, or Z and hopefully some wins that way. When you're looking at your pitchers to target, when you're building your list, your yellow brick road, are you more focused on K guys? What, what, what's kind of the thing that moves the needle for you with pitchers? Yeah, so that's what I was trying to kind of getting at. There were some leagues yeah. I was dominating ERA, whip, and Ks and yet not winning wins. Yeah. And that is a frustrating and more and more relievers are picking up wins in today's game and whatnot so i have focused a little more on that uh bueller dodger situation for the win statistic is what i I have but 
I um I pay attention to a couple more advanced stats more than others, as I've yeah. said in other pods. And um, I have my guys, whatever, using those. But uh, I will say absolutely, as this has evolved, I paid attention to the wins category more than, than I had in the past. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, but good teams get wins. That's just the bottom line. It's as lazy and simple as that sounds, it is. And I, I, I don't understand all the Bueller hate, like you mentioned. Like, sure, the peripheral stats are kind of whatever, but dude's a bulldog and gets it done. So uh, just one of those guys. We'll see how that plays out. But another guy to think about, Clayton Kershaw, that could be interesting this year now. Uh, that just dawned on me all of a sudden thinking Dodgers. Like, it's a, an interesting group of guys for sure. Yeah, the bat projects Kershaw to still be like a top 10-ish, top 15 pitcher, basically. I did, I did uh, the Fangraphs calculator for an OBP format uh, for yesterday's draft. And for the pitcher side of it, yeah, the bat still has him. He was yeah, yeah, like way 15, up there, 16 bucks or yeah. something. I was like, goodness gracious. So yeah. some, some things still believe. They still believe. Yeah. Yeah, well, Cardi, he won Cardi uh, labor like four straight years. Just tra- he, would, he would get <laughs> so, Kershaw back in the day. So, so that's he's got the Kershaw formula. Yeah, sure. yeah, he's got the Kershaw formula in there. That makes sense. Good old Derek Cardi. Um, all right. Let's hit up a listener question here uh, from our buddy Mike Curland, which I think is a good one with uh, you expanding your NFBC, as you mentioned. As someone who just got into the high stakes arena a couple years back, is there any advice you'd offer to new high stakes players? Yeah, try jump in at 150 draft champions. No, nothing too uh, crazy. I think they might even have smaller ones. And the slow draft factor would let you understand the software and not have to worry about, uh, you know, take your time, two hours or four hours in between picks. I prefer shorter. But um, yeah. yeah, I would say a, a smaller buy-in uh, draft champions. Get used to the software. Don't even have to worry about fab for that. So I would suggest uh, jumping in there and then, you know, work your way up to the, to the you know, live draft. In those DCs, those longer drafts, do you have a, you still do the yellow brick row, but does your end game strategy change at all? Yeah, I I go so yes, I end up with fewer pitchers than everyone in the league. Yeah, I end up I, I end up with that. the fewest yeah. pitchers always. I have the yes, I have by the three to seven fewer pitchers than every other team in the league, and I'm just you know hoping that, that that's yeah. That, so I'm loading up on a bunch of bats. We'll we'll see. Uh, really curious how that works. Like I said, I didn't really try this with DCs last time, so I'm going all all in on this one. This year. You're you're making me almost just want to like go get there's there's the cheaper 12 team NFPC 50s. I'm about That's to just close. go get I'm about to just go get in one and try this yellow brick road just to see how it feels. It turns out it's because I'm curious because it it makes so much sense. It's just not like obviously you're one of the only ones that does it, so it's out of all of our comfort zones. And it's just one of those deals of you know just let it go and trust it and see see what happens. So and knowing the depth of the player pool, like doing the research, like you said, you put all your time in, you do all these things. It allows you to skip all this group of hitters and still focus on this group of hitters and be fine. Not everybody has that comfort zone. And that's yeah, what the, yeah. No, Casey lot. Chaw talked about how he doesn't have a certain group, but me, I could eliminate basically the top 50 to 70 hitters. I don't even have yeah. to do much research in, in this, in this strategy, but yeah, man, absolutely try it. I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious what you think, but it's, like I said, it's definitely, it feels weird, but um, yeah, I, I will be more upset when people stop making fun of me in the draft chat and start copying me. I, I much prefer getting made fun of than I do, uh, yeah. you know, people trying this strategy. I, I hope they continue to, to, to keep mocking it and not emulating. Because that'd be the worst thing for your whole strategy. If like in the same exact draft room, someone tries it at the like middle or other end of the draft and that would just completely throw things for a, a, a screw. So be interesting. be very, very interesting to see that. Cause I think it's great. I, I know there's guys that make fun of you and part of it, I think it's just because it's so, so different, but it works, man. So you get, you can't, uh, you can't ignore it, that's for sure. And that's why I wanted to sit here and chat with you about it for a little bit. But uh, before we head on out of here, why don't you uh, let everybody know again where they can find you and what you got going on. And uh, we'll uh, see you at Barf pretty soon. 
yeah, looking forward. Thanks for having me, Bubba. Um, love talking baseball with you. And uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Dalton Daldon. And yeah, that's all I got for you here. But uh, good talking baseball with you, man. Most definitely. And when we get some real baseball to talk about, we'll uh, we'll we'll chat some more. And like I said, I'll see you in a. It's only a couple weeks away, so we'll do barf here and uh, have some fun and at least get a live draft and uh, the 60-second clock. Well, we need to put a 60-second clock <laughs> yeah. for sure because yeah. that's one of the longer days we have. But uh, everybody, yeah. again, check them out on Twitter, at Dalton Del Don. Dalton, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks, man. better with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. Also, you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.